We can feel alone and disconnected due to the busyness of our lives. At Sojourn, we believe women should not travel alone. We connect with each other through our stories, letting us know we're not alone in our feelings or our circumstances. If you've ever felt alone or disconnected, this podcast is just for you. This is Deanna Gosha with episode 35 of the Sojourn Podcast. In our current series on things grandma taught us, or rather things we learned from grandma, I've been sharing some stories of my own grandmas, Martha and Esther, and what I've learned from them. I've also been throwing in a bit of other grandmas that I've known or heard of. Every single lunch and supper during the summer they appeared. The small plate with sliced tomatoes, sometimes red, sometimes yellow or orange. Grandma's pride and joy. She would pass around the plate and the adults would put a tomato or two on their own plates. My sister and I would pass the plate on, careful not to make a face. Grandma would try to get us to eat them, but absolutely not. My grandma Esther wasn't the best cook around. Her chili was known to be swimming in grease at times. Her cookies might be a bit hard. Her vegetables were way overcooked, but she did excel in a few things. Her homemade yeast dinner rolls. You knew if nothing else tasted great, those would. Also her Christmas candy. She made divinity in white and pink and placed it on a special Christmas dish along with her fudge. The grandkids would hover around the candy dish, sneaking pieces when adults were busy talking. Also, you never knew exactly what you might be eating. Once, after we had downed meatloaf and mashed potatoes and green beans and, well, tomatoes, she announced that the meatloaf was goat meat. Apparently, The little lamb I had petted and loved the summer before was now in their freezer. Recently, I let a cousin in on that little fact, and I think it might have traumatized her. What Grandma was the very best at was gardening. Her flowers bloomed in every color possible, bringing life to the front yard of the tiny white house with blue-trimmed windows. She found planters from Grandpa's junkyard out back, old feeding troughs and tires and such. The funny thing was that once the flowers were blooming, you didn't even notice the containers. They looked amazingly normal. Out back next to the junkyard was the vegetable garden. A fence surrounded it to keep the goats and other creatures out. She would swing open the white gate made of decorative wire and enter her sanctuary. After spending hours weeding or harvesting, Grandma would come into the house wet with sweat, tired, and thirsty. She also came in excited about the fruits of her labor. She could grow anything, but it seemed tomatoes were her specialty. They were huge. My dad told me that when he was growing up, Grandma would leave groceries on people's doorsteps. I'm sure bags filled with her produce. She would hear that someone had a need and would fill a bag and place it where they could find it. The funny thing was the people who she fed 
were often better off than she was. She just didn't seem to notice how much she didn't have. There's a story about a family who lived on the edge of town in a canvas tent. A farmer who owned the land had allowed the family to pitch their tent in an unused field. There must have been a water source nearby, perhaps a creek or spring. In summer, it was hot. In winter, it was cold. But they at least had a covering over their heads. How they got there, I have no idea. But a tent full of children to feed and take care of must have felt overwhelming and a bit hopeless at times. Grandma heard of this family and filled a grocery bag with tomatoes from her garden. She carried them to the field. With an open hand, she held out her tomatoes, sharing what she had. All summer long, while the tomatoes were producing, she made the long trek to make sure that the family was fed. Grandma was not going to let anyone go hungry when she had a garden full of produce. It often makes me think of Jesus saying, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Grandma knew those words. She lived those words. At her funeral, someone from the family that had lived in the tent approached my dad and told him the story about how grandma had fed them. He also said that their family would have starved if it hadn't been for grandma and her tomatoes. The thing is, she could have sold those tomatoes. She could have canned them and kept them for herself and grandpa for the winter. But she chose instead to not hold tightly to what she had, but open her hands to others. That stayed with me. Perhaps it's why I'll put things on the Buy Nothing Facebook page instead of the garage sale site. Not that there's anything wrong with selling your things, but I think a bit of my grandma lives in me. Give what you can. It makes me think about whether I live from a place of scarcity or a place of plenty. When we live from a place of scarcity, believing we don't have enough, there won't be enough, and even we aren't enough, it's hard to share what we do have. But when we live from a place of plenty, believing that what we have is enough, that with God's grace, we are enough, and that there will be enough in the future, generosity naturally flows out of us. One of our Sojourn team members, Rebecca, had a grandma who understood the generosity of time. After retirement, she needed something to do. So she started making quilts for those who were in need of warmth those whose society had marginalized in one way or another. For a time, her quilts were put in barrels and sent overseas, all part of a quilting group at her church. But over time, the shipping became too expensive and the shipments of quilts had to stop. Her granddaughter, Rebecca, was working with families in a preschool program. These families were struggling to make ends meet, 
sometimes having to turn down the heat and shiver in the cold. An idea formed, and Rebecca asked Grandma if she'd donate a quilt for a raffle. A free raffle, that is. Grandma did just that, and the quilt was a huge hit. The family that won it was so excited. So, the next monthly meeting, Grandma donated a few quilts. And the number of people attending the meetings grew. This progressed through the next couple years until Grandma was producing quilts every week. Almost 300 quilts had been made for struggling families. During the same time, Grandpa had unfortunately been able to continue his woodworking hobby after losing an eye to cancer. Watching TV and doing crossword puzzles was boring Grandpa. So, scissors in hand, he started cutting squares for the quilts. Every single day, you would find Grandpa at the wooden kitchen table with scissors in fabric. The scissors making scratches on the table as he balanced the scissors on the table and snipped away. Grandma could be found at her sewing machine, cranking out the quilts. Together, the two of them making a difference. By the time Grandpa had made his way to heaven and Grandma had moved to assisted living, along with her sewing machine, where she still made quilts, the kitchen table was full of divots and scratches and marks, all speaking of love, of generosity, of heart and time. Rebecca's grandparents didn't have much, but they gave what they had, and people found warmth and love in these homemade quilts, which by the way, Rebecca says, weren't works of art, just pieces of cloth thrown together however they would fit, a product of practicality. Let's get these people warm. Webster's tells us that being generous is being open-handed, of sharing abundance. But when I think about being generous, I don't always think about abundance. Sometimes I think of the woman Jesus pointed out to his disciples. She threw two coins into the treasury as she was approaching the temple. It was all she had. She didn't have an abundant amount, but it certainly was generous. She was definitely open-handed. And I like to think open-hearted. Perhaps we all could think about our own lives. Are we living a generous life? Holding out our possessions, our time, our money with open hands? How might the world be different if we lived with open hands and open hearts? Thank you so much for joining us today for the Sojourn 